Newsday presents the Island Ice Podcast with Andrew Gross. And welcome to Island Ice, Newsday's New York Islanders podcast. Episode 48 as they come fast and furious with the Islanders in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Tampa Bay Lightning. And today we're going to check in with... Patrick Flatley, the captain of the 1993, the 92-93, and not just that season, but Patrick was the captain the last time the Islanders were in a conference finals uh, in 1993 as they uh, lost to the Canadians in five games that year. Hi, I'm your host, Andrew Gross. Please find me on Twitter at agrossnewsday, and please find all of Newsday's playoff coverage at newsday.com backslash sports. Um, you, you'll not only find all the Islanders uh, Island Ice podcast back episodes there, but also some really good coverage uh, from my two Newsday teammates who are also frequent contributors to Island Ice. That's Neil Best and Colin Stevenson. Neil Best breaking some news today that the great Hall of Fame broadcaster Michael Doc Emmerich will be back on the uh, on NBC for the call of the Islander Lightning series starting with Game 4. So, so really great news. Uh, Doc's been a guest of mine on the uh, on Island Ice prior and a longtime friend. And, and Doc's just the best, both as a person and on the air. But as I said, want to get you right to a chat I did with Pat Flatley um, about the similarities between... Uh, his team in 93, and this year's version of the Islanders. Again, the first team, first Islander team to be back in the conference finals since uh, Flatley's Islanders were there in 93. And, and, and talking about similarities, um, both teams went through an emotional seven-game second-round series. Uh, this year, the Islanders you know, almost, you know, <laughs> Flyers almost come back from a 3-1 series deficit, but the Islanders win a game seven for nothing. And in 93, David Volek, uh, overtime goal, game seven against the Pittsburgh Penguins, the two-time defending Stanley Cup champion Pittsburgh Penguins and the Islanders, the upstart Islanders, eliminate the two-time Cup champs in seven games with an overtime goal from David Volick. And, and that's where we'll start right there on the similarities and, and what it was like for the Islanders in 93 to come off that emotional win in Pittsburgh against the Penguins and then try and uh, face the Montreal Canadiens in Montreal on a quick turnaround. You had that emotional seven-game series against the Penguins. You went on Volick's you know, goal. Um, it's sort of like the Islanders go to seven games and then you're, you're facing a team that had just steamrolled through the first two rounds in the Canadians. Can you, can you tell me about the similarities you're seeing right now? As you, as you mentioned, very emotional game seven win, you know, straight to the Pittsburgh airport. I mean, you may have to check this, but I, I am quite sure that was the first year of NBC broadcasting or a, or a big national broadcast from a U.S. Uh, yeah. station. And they scheduled our, our first game for the Habs at noon. So we oh. got in late, like much like the Islanders did, and we had to play the following day. The only difference is we had to play at noon instead of 7 at night. So 
you know, that, that first game against the Habs, we got thumped. Um, and, you know, so it, 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 is, it is mildly similar in, in that regard. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess the, the big difference is rather than in a bubble, you know, it, it was probably almost even worse for you going into the forum in Montreal and trying to play in that kind of atmosphere, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah it, uh, that, that was a tough building, the old forum, for sure. The fans are almost sitting in the bench with you. And they're so they're so close and they're so well dressed and it was uh yeah it was it was definitely you know it was a great experience don't get me wrong but we were a little annoyed at that whole noon start I remember Al Arbor was really really not happy that whole TV thing he's like who gives a crap you know let's just do it <laughs> it was it was a good series but the Canadians still beat you in five in retrospect. I mean, I know how good the Canadians were that year, and Patrick Waugh was having an unbelievable playoff run. But in retrospect, is there anything you wish the team could have done differently to kind of change the momentum? And do you think there, and can you apply that to what the Islanders are going through now uh, in this series? You know, I think we took them to, I think we had four overtime games, or three at least. I remember going out for one of the overtime games. I said to Glenn Healy, hey, uh, are you ever going to win one of these games or what? <laughs> he, he got so pissed off at me. He's like, what the F is wrong with you guys? Can you, why can't you score on this guy? <laughs> uh, just trying to lighten the mood. You know, I think we were missing um, – we had some – like anything, I think it was Clark Gillies who I read recently said, you know, the most important thing of, of winning is staying healthy and – that the Isles were very healthy for all four of their cup wins, you know, and then the drive for five ran into some injuries. And I think if the Islander, like we, we had some guys really banged up and uh, we were missing the key guy and, or, you know, Terz was playing with one arm kind of. So I think if the, all things being equal, if the Islanders maintain their health and, you know, this goaltender for Tampa doesn't pull a Patrick Wall on them. I think they're going to be fine. And yeah. They have a, a, a very good chance of beating them. They're as good as, as anyone. You know, so I, I don't, my, my, I guess to answer your question, when I look back, I mean, we, I don't think we, I don't think we could have done anything differently. And it was, it was definitely every guy playing, you know, like, it was it was the whole team, all four lines, much like the Isles, which I love. And I'll just mention this as well. Before we played Pittsburgh, Al Arbor says, anyone here afraid to play against Mario? And the whole team says, no. He goes, okay. Then there's, there's going to be no line matching. Who's ever up? You play against that guy. And basically, when if you're when we turn the puck over, Somebody go stand next to Mario. Don't let him get the puck. <laughs> it's very simple. That's why he's a Hall of Fame coach, right? <laughs> Keeping it simple. Oh yeah, he he's he was the best. Uh, and yeah. was, I could we could I could go I could tell you like I go on and on about with some of the, his quotes, but so that really got the whole team. You know, we were vested, and it was just it was great. So I I really do see a lot of similarities and I was talking to JT yesterday Tonelli but he was yeah. telling me that in 1980 they lost to Philly 8 to 3 
I think he was going to send uh, Anders a note just to say, hey, don't worry about it. You know, I, I guess the one thing, you know, the 93 playoff run is brought up, I mean, obviously a lot now, just because it, it sort of did, you know, it, it sort of represented really the last, the last of the, the Islander playoff runs for a long, long time. Was there any, you know, going into the next season, you know, how good a team did you think you had? And, and you know, would you have ever imagined it would be 27 years before the Islanders get back to a conference final? No, I I would not have. It's, it's hard to believe. And, you know, I think that summer, you know, I think Heels moved on, right? So yeah, he went to the Rangers, right? Yeah, and you know he he was a big part of that team, not only for his goaltending, his somewhat goaltending skills, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> he he was a leader, you know, like he was definitely one of our leaders and kept the room light, and so he was missed, and um, yeah, it was. I can't remember all the details, but I that was just lightning in a bottle for us, and came together. Depending on what happens, when you you know you have a nice bowl of stew, you take out a, an ingredient that is critical. It, it you know it doesn't it's a totally different meal. And I think I think losing Glenn you know was it, it, it hurt our team. I, I know you can play the what if game forever, but is there still like frustration uh, that you didn't have Turgeon healthy through that playoff run? Yeah, I mean, when I I don't, you know, I've met Dale Hunter um, since, and nice fella, great coach, great everything. But, you know, that still really, really upsets me, you know, that play. To to be honest, I look at that as, you know, one of the, it has to be, that was one of the all times in uh, the history. What's the equivalent of it in another sport? Like, what is it in football? after the QB throws a, a touchdown pass and they're celebrating and then he gets whacked. Is that the equivalent? Yeah, yeah like, that would be, but you know, <laughs> I, I can't think of anything that would come to mind, you know, that, that egregious on a quarterback in a playoff game, you know, because I, I think the NFL referees are, are basically paid to keep the, the quarterbacks upright at this point, you know? Yeah, but you can't, you can't predict that thing. And so, as I said, I'm you know it's that's it, over and you know, I'm not you know I'm not I, as I said I've, I've I have nothing but respect for Dale and he's a fantastic guy, but yeah. that that play in itself was that 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 hurt our team you know immeasurably and uh, yeah when I think about the you asked me the question when I think about it do I still get pissed off yes I do again I'll get off this in a second but I think if Pierre is healthy I mean you beat the Penguins in seven games without Pierre maybe you maybe you get through that series in six games with Pierre and and you're not you know flying to Montreal and playing at noon the next game and you know you get off on a better foot in game one but again you you can play the yeah. what if game forever right yeah but you can but you also have to remember Pierre should not have been playing against the Habs yeah. He was in a like he 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 was in like a medieval shoulder harness. He's playing with one arm. Couldn't pick yeah. up the one arm past like a certain point. And every time there was contact, I think the pain went through his went through his entire body. It was you know it was he's he's a you know incredibly brave guy. 
Yarmir Yager did the same thing uh, with the Rangers. Uh, what was it in the uh, the '06 first round? Uh, the Rangers get swept by the uh, by the Devils. I think it was in Game One. Yager tried to throw some kind of shoulder check at Scott Gomez and completely screwed up his shoulder, and he wound up, I think, missing a game and coming back. But he couldn't move his shoulder. You know, same kind of deal. And and. Yeah. He, you know, obviously you can't play with that with, with just one shoulder. Yeah, and, so. and don't forget that that wasn't like uh, in, in, in today's age where, you know, they got an upper body injury. Like, the Habs knew exactly what was going on. They got their trainer in our room measuring our sticks and then also checking our medical room. <laughs> <laughs> Old-time so, hockey, baby. You know, you, you obviously see a lot of the current team. You mentioned you see a lot of similarities between the two teams, four-line, you know, the defensive way they play. What what has impressed you, and what are your, you know, what are your thoughts on how sustainable this kind of, you know, long-term playoff success can be for the organization at this point? You know, we mentioned the 93 playoff run was in a way almost an outlier for your group because, you know, it was 27 years ago until the team gets back to this point. But you see, you know, things in the way the team's being built right now that lends you to believe that this is not going to be a one-off. Yeah, I 100% do. They have they, – they don't get credit for their, their depth of talent. Nelson and Anders Lee and um, Bailey and uh, Beauvillier. Like, I mean, I go on and on. The, and they're all – and they're scattered throughout – throughout the lineup and they all play to their strengths, which is a credit to trots again, right? Like, but when they lose the puck, they all play the same way. So when they have it, they all like know what they got to do. Like Matt Martin, he doesn't try to beat someone at the blue line. He right. It in, goes and gets it, right. So they, they all, they all know what they have to do. And I, you know, I just, that, that's another Al Arbor. When I got to the Islanders, I tried to beat a guy at the blue line. And he goes, what are you doing? I go, um, I know, I just tried to beat the guy at the blue line. He goes, oh, he goes, on this team, Mike Bossy beats guys at the blue line. <laughs> he dumped it in. <laughs> I went, oh, I go, I didn't know that. He goes, now you do. <laughs> Obviously, players coming to the NHL have all been, you know, junior hockey and, you know, have been stars coming up and have learned to play a certain way. How difficult is that lesson? And I'm thinking, you know, Barry talks all the time about, you know, trying to get Matthew Barzell, you know, he's got this incredible talent, but there is a certain way he has to develop his game in the NHL. How difficult is it as a young player to to kind of learn those lessons? The environment that you're in and um, the leadership within the group of of what has – like I think it's definitely easier when you're around – like like I feel the Islanders are now, these these like-minded guys that are willing to, to, you know, to sacrifice certain things for the greater good of the team. And that's, it's not that difficult. And I also think, um, I think practice is, is, is critically important because as long as you're able to, like, for example, in practice, you know, I didn't have to dump it in. I could try to beat a guy at the blue line. 
So as long as you're able to, I think, and to fine tune yourself and to and have fun with the actual game that you've grown up playing and not be inhibited in, in practice every day. And then when you get to the game, you know, you know what you, you obviously have the ability to switch on that. Okay. Different. This is not practice. Let's get, let's get this done. So uh, it, it, if you can do it in that way, then it's, it's, it's still fun and it's, and it's great. So having watched the Islanders, through this playoff run, and you know, obviously, I'm sure you've seen the Lightning here and there. What what are the keys here for the Islanders to to, to make this a long series and, and to have a chance to win? Well, they got to take out Hedman. I mean, not take him out. They have to take him out of the game. I think, like, make him less of a less of a force. And yeah, uh, to me, that's just finishing on him. I mean, there's 12 forwards. And there's one Victor Hedman, right? Let's dump it into his corner as much as you can, and and just lay the body on him, all nonstop. And you you know you just hope over the series you wear him down. Might not happen game one, game two, but at some point maybe maybe it does happen. And and then you can't let their key guys carry the puck through the neutral zone. So that you know you got to kind of target who, who's okay if you're the high guy on the islanders okay i'm on the ice we turn the puck over in their zone who's the guy i don't want carrying it through the neutral zone and let me go let me go find them kevin shattenkirk said something i thought was <laughs> funny but pretty you know pretty right to the point the other day he was asked you know he's getting a ton of points uh in the playoffs and so he was asked about you know his consistency getting points and he said yeah, my strategy is get the puck to Victor Hedman. It's pretty simple. You get a lot of points that way. Yeah, I mean, I remember with the with the Capitals, you know, we would we would we would dump it into Rod Rod Langway's corner. That was we didn't try to keep the puck away from him. We wanted him to have the puck, and then we wanted to hit him. Are you enjoying this run? Are you you know are you kind of glued to the TV for all of this? Oh yeah, I, it's and everybody I know is sending me emails in Canada. Yeah, <laughs> they're they're all excited because about the fact that the Islanders are back in it because they're friends of our family and we've all been waiting, you know, for this. So everybody's there's there's a lot of people pulling for the Islanders in in, in Canada here. A lot they have a lot of a lot of fans in this country became Islander fans during the '80s and and uh, they've been waiting and they're 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 pumped like the Toronto. The places are people are the nights of the games, the the restaurants, the outdoor patios with TVs and everything. They're just rammed. Interesting. How about your uh, yeah. teammates from the '93 team? Have you been in contact with some of them during this run? I haven't as of yet. I I talked to Mick Bakota a little while ago, and um, but I just you know Heels Heels is not far from me uh, here in Toronto, so talked to him a lot and spoke to Joey, our trainer there a few weeks ago. He's, he's really pumped. Joey McMahon. And, uh, yeah, lots of, lots of great, just revives the memory bank a little bit, which is fun. Hey, listen, uh, Pat, it's always great to catch up with you and, uh, you know, uh, continued, you know, health to your family. I appreciate you taking a few minutes for me today. You too. And, uh, anytime, always, uh, 
you know, just love Long Island and miss it and so happy for the fans and, and the team. My thanks, my deep thanks to Pat Flatley there. Always great checking in with Patrick. Uh, just a, a wonderful human being, a, a great conversationalist, great storyteller. Just, you know, a, a, a true part of Islander history, an Islander Hall of Famer. So uh, I hope you enjoyed that. And uh, we'll be back real quickly with the next episode of Island Ice as the Islanders take on the Tampa Bay Lightning on Wednesday night in game two. And we'll be back uh, with a podcast uh, on our thoughts on that game and looking forward to Friday night's game three. So please check back, uh, like I said, on the Newsday website, newsday.com backslash sports or wherever podcasts can be found uh, to tune into the next episode or to tune into any back episodes. Until then, uh, I'm Andrew Gross of Newsday, again, a gross newsday on Twitter. And until uh, maybe tomorrow, happy hockey, everybody.